We're working to do it as fast as we possibly can. Speed's of the essence. We're not wasting time here. Um, some of us would like to get back home. No, no, no great news. I've been to farmers to buy some underwear. I've reached out and uh, I welcome uh, hearing back and, and meeting. I thought this has got to be fake, so I didn't answer it. We're making great progress. I'm, I'm really pleased with the conversations. There's been a steady sense of momentum towards forming a new government this past week with all three players down in the capital. There have been a series of meetings and crucially between Nationals Potential Partners Act and New Zealand First and all signalling progress has been made towards securing a deal. Kia ora, welcome to Focus on Politics, I'm Jane Patterson. This week we look at how events have played out as New Zealand inches closer to a new government. Since Election Day, the three parties had been based mainly in Auckland, but this week the action moved to Wellington. In terms of negotiations, Mr Peters, the pension age, is that a bottom line for you, the pension age? How long will negotiations take? One of the key players, New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters, arriving in the capital, doggedly determined not to say one word to reporters. The other party negotiating for a place in the new government, Act Leader David Seymour, took a distinctly different approach, happy to do a number of interviews over the weekend but not divulging any confidential details. On Monday he spoke to RNZ. It's about having a a clear idea of how to deal with the fiscal challenge because there's going to have to be less spending than under Labor. They've increased spending by 30% per person ahead of inflation. And yet I don't think most people would say we've got the results from public services, so we're going to have to work a lot smarter rather than throwing money at each problem. Um, It's around what you do to try and rebalance the consequences for crime Uh, versus uh, the rights of victims at the moment. Uh, That's out of whack and we've seen increased victimisation as a result. Um, And it's about what do we make of our constitutional settings. Uh, We've increasingly been told that our treaty divides us into tangata whenua and tangata tiriti as two different types of people. Uh, In actual facts, uh, New Zealand is a liberal democracy and our real dream is the egalitarianism uh, of Kate Shepherd, not some of the division that we've had from the more recent government. The previous week, National Leader Chris Luxon had made himself available to the media every few days while saying very little about any detail of the talks. This week it's been limited to a round of media interviews on Monday morning. Here he is speaking to Morning Report's Corin Dan. I really can't confirm any timing um, or, or, or comment too much on that just because you know, our priority is it will take as long as it takes in order to get a good, strong, stable government in place. But apart from saying that there is goodwill and good faith, I think, from all three political leaders to move through this as quickly as possible. OK, a mini-budget. Will there be time for a mini-budget before Christmas? Yeah, we'd still like to do that. Um, we'll have Haifu obviously come in before Christmas, and that would be the logical time to be able to announce you know, any um, decisions that we've taken around spending or savings at that point in time. Um, and then obviously we'll carry on ongoing work building into the major budget next year. And he reiterated his belief one of the policies being pushed by ACT, its referendum on the treaty and its principles, is divisive. Mr Luxon would not, however, make comment on whether National would allow it to be part of the mix. I'm not going to get into any of that, but our view uh, through the campaign is well understood. Uh, we think it is a referendum would be divisive and unhelpful. So you, in a sense, agree with Willie Jackson, who who certainly feels that, and he'd probably went a bit further in suggesting he, he felt there would be unrest. Yeah, I thought that was really unhelpful remarks and, and intemperate remarks, to be honest. Um, 
we need this country to be more unified, not less unified. And I just don't think those were appropriate remarks to be making on the weekend, uh, as he did in the way that he did. But, you know, we, we're going to make sure we have a strong, unified New Zealand. Uh, we're going to make sure we deliver and run a government for everybody. Uh, we know that there is a lot of work to deliver better outcomes for Māori. Um, the way in which we will deliver that will be different from the previous government. But the bottom line is that, um, you know, we need to get going. We need to get, get into that quickly. There are many areas where agreement between all three parties could be reached fairly quickly. The repeal of Three Waters, the Māori Health Authority and the Resource Management Act, restoring 90-day workplace trials, a smaller public service and in portfolios like justice and education. More tricky could be convincing New Zealand First about the merits of the revenue-raising measures and national centrepiece tax relief plan, including money raised through the emissions trading scheme and a tax on foreign house purchases over $2 million, which necessitates a partial rollback of the current ban. Mr Peters declined to comment when asked about that on Thursday, citing confidentiality. His second-in-command, Shane Jones, had more latitude to reflect his party's position during the election campaign itself, speaking to RNZ's First Up. Yeah, look, I think National's written out, um, written off the prospect of a lot of young Kiwi families owning their own home because the moment that you provide this um, exemption for foreign purchases, then what you're doing is you're driving up the cost of property. Do you really think that's something that's currently 1.7, 1.8? won't nudge up over two million bucks if people feel that they're going to get a better bang for their buck, figuratively speaking, and that's why it's going to be inflationary. And look, I think it's something deeply cynical that the best that uh, can be offered is to continue to hock off the country to wealthy foreigners. Another area of contention will be that referendum proposal from ACT. Oh, look, what I'd point out is, is what we campaigned on. Um, NZ First uh, did campaign on the fact that the Waitangi Tribunal's writ needs to be narrowed. We never once campaigned on a treaty referendum. Um, Historically, New Zealand First has had a bill, the Treaty Principles uh, Deletion Bill, I think it was called. Um, So we've had form in that regard, but on this particular issue during the election, I think people should be fair. We didn't campaign on that. Why not? Well, no, no, both Winston and I were very experienced in the Māori world and we're very experienced also in matters of treaty and our preference was to um, attack the matter in relation to stripping from the law unnecessarily uh, polarising references such as te mana o te wai and I know I'm getting technical but that is quite a big problem for farmers and even Māori landowners as well and um, the writ of the Waitangi Tribunal. Our political reporter Annika Smith looked at how likely it would be for that referendum to get over the line, and if not, what are the other options? Here's former National Party Prime Minister Jim Bolger. Such a referendum would be a huge mistake. It would be very divisive in New Zealand. And and think contrary, contrary to all principles you might have, the treaty was signed in 1840. Uh, no one disputes that. Have the court sometimes got enthusiastic? Perhaps that happens. But I think the concept of a referendum would be hugely divisive and very harmful to New Zealand. Mr Bolger says ACT has zero chance of getting National to agree to a referendum. Sir Douglas Graham, a former National Party Cabinet Minister in charge of treaty negotiations, doesn't see Christopher Luxon going for it either. He's made it pretty clear he doesn't favour the idea. 
and I can understand why. Former Minister and United Future Leader Peter Dunn also can't see it getting over the line. One reason is it would not be in Christopher Luxon's interests. He's going to have a difficult enough task as it is on two fronts. One, managing a three-way coalition. And the second thing is, with only 38% of the vote uh, this time round, he really needs to be looking to add another 7 or 8% to Nationals' vote for it to be confident about a second term. So he's got a massive task even on that front before he starts, without any external contention like a referendum or all of the divisive debate that that would cause. Senior members of Labour's Māori caucus, Willie Jackson and Calvin Davis, have both been considering their futures in light of the party's election defeat. But the treaty proposal is one thing motivating them to stay on. One thing to be very clear, I don't want any disruption or violence. I don't want any. I'm not advocating for that at all. But I do understand I do understand our people's frustration and anger if this was to go ahead. You know when uh, you, if you examine the treaty process in the, in the history, you'll go back and uh, you'll, you know, I remember people like Graham Latimer and them. They mortgaged their homes. These people mortgaged their homes to go into the system, to go into the process so that they could get justice for our people. Tipanao Regan, there's numerous examples of our people who who mortgaged their homes and they uh, engaged in the system and they won through the, through the English system. This is such an affront if, if, that, if that referendum comes forward. I would uh, imagine it would be hell to play if, if it goes through. Do you worry about you know, how people would respond? Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, no, nobody wants that. I don't want that. I, I, we're all part of the Springbok tour protests in, in 81. No one, I don't want civil unrest in our country. I'm just giving it a warning. I, I work amongst our people. I'm amongst people who will go to war for this, uh, uh, war against uh, Seymour and his mates. So, now, Mr Luxon can get all disappointed with me. I'm just giving it a warning from the people who are saying to me that better not go through. Through all of this, there is a clear theme when it comes to priorities from ACT and New Zealand First, the economy, reducing inflation and red tape, cutting spending and stimulating growth. Here's Winston Peters speaking in the latter part of the week. Our experience is best place in trying to get a good sound much, much better government organised going into the future. This country's got to turn a dramatic um, decline in our economy around. We're going at less than 0.1%. That's GDP. Next year, according to the IMF, we're going to be 159 in the world. We've got to turn this around right here and right now. And that's why these talks are seriously substantial. So an economic development portfolio would be where your no, experience... No, you, you, went straight from, you went straight from the sublime to now negotiating the ridiculous. No, I don't want that. I want a better economy. And we've got what it takes. We've got the people, we've got people working the second longest hours in the OECD. Uh, the reason why we're failing is right here in this place down here in Port Parliament. He sat down with MBR political editor Brent Edwards for an update on how things were progressing. We knew on election night, the 14th of October, that this is the big, was the, uh, the likely most certain outcome of that uh, election. But it took uh, three weeks for people to get their head around the mathematics. It's not complex. I know, and I'm wondering because um, the National Party leader, Christopher Luxon, kept on talking about having to wait for that before. But wasn't it possible to have actually, if you like, fast-track talks on coalition beforehand? Not if people had the view that they had. They thought they did not know the result. New Zealand First view on the 14th of October was that we did know the result. That would stand after the special votes were counted. And you're quite right, but uh, if others have a different view, you just have to wait. 
And the others have that different view because they made it clear through the campaign that their preference was not to do a deal with you. Does that, does that make the relationship more difficult now? Well, you could take that view, but in the end, uh, that's the nature of politics. Uh, people expect to be forgiven uh, for the premature or uh, perhaps um, undiplomatic positions they took. And you're in a forgiving mood? <laughs> when I say that, my colleagues know that uh, the public expect in a democracy... Uh, that there'll be a stable and government formed and as fast as possible without selling in things down the drain, so to speak. So it's uh, complex, yet in many parts of it are simple in that uh, final outcome. You can stand back and say, I don't like this and I don't like that, but in the end, the public do trust you in a changed environment to ensure we do have a democracy and uh, that we get things uh, resolved in a timely fashion. Last week, any meetings were held away from the glare of the media in secret locations around Auckland. This week, with substantive negotiations starting proper after the final result was confirmed, the action was back at the capital. It's great that we're making progress in the, in the discussions. Don't fall over, guys. Where are you up to? No, I was just going to see a man about a horse. Rational, sane questions. You don't, ask me, you, don't ask, you don't ask me for confidential information or betraying any trust that I'm engaged in. And I'll take the first five questions. How about that? Uh, well, we're working to do it as fast as we possibly can. As I said, you know, all parties are really um, committed to working as quickly as they can through the respective issues. And um, that's it. We'll, we'll, as soon as we've got something to tell you, we'll tell you. How was your meeting with David Seymour? Uh, no, no comment about any meetings. All those remarks have to flow from uh, our rangatira. Are you now negotiating with ACT as well as National? As I said, please direct those questions to the leader of our party. A breakthrough with Mr Peters going over to ACT's parliamentary offices for a long-awaited meeting with David Seymour. The next morning, Mr Seymour returned the favour on the way over, telling me things were in a positive place. You can have lots of discussions, but you've still got to trade off what a final agreement looks like. And I think we're getting closer to that stage. I mean, obviously everyone's saying they want it to happen faster, but a three-way negotiation, no one individually has the power to, to determine the outcome or the timing. What's the process that you have to go through once, in a, you know, once you've got to the stage where everyone's happy with a deal in terms of your own party? Um, well, ACT has a constitution that says that the caucus must consult the, the board who represent the party members before entering into an agreement. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, we also have a caucus people that are um, committing to working hard for three years and you know, whatever bed we make, they have to lie in it. So obviously we, we need to keep them involved in that process too. And in terms of the dynamics, obviously you met with um, Winston Peters yesterday. What was the, I suppose, tenor of, of that um, meeting, given the importance of it? Oh, look, I think it's really um, congenial uh, and also promising. Uh, I think we both recognise that there's some pretty big problems in New Zealand. That's why the, the people voted for change and they want us to deliver it. Um, so whether or not that's the configuration that any of us might have chosen beforehand uh, in an election, a democracy, the will of the voter is king and queen and uh, that's what we respect and work to. And a next step, um, a next crucial step I suppose would be getting together, you know, once you see each other's deals as well, that's going to be I suppose the next next important phase of the, of the point once you are happy with your own deal. Yeah, I mean look, a triangle has three sides so you know, you've got to be committed to supporting um, what both other parties uh, are uh, agenda is and uh, otherwise you know mathematically it just doesn't work so that, that all has to be worked through and I, I wish I could you know go through blow by blow but 
um, the other folks have agreed that they're not going to uh, go through everything in, in great detail, blow by blow, and, and we have to respect that too. While most of the attention's been on these three parties in the government talks, on the other side of the aisle, Labour is reflecting on its election loss and planning how to transition to opposition. On Tuesday, the caucus met in Upper Hutt to discuss that and hold an endorsement vote for leader Chris Hipkins. He survived that vote and also announced a complete policy reset. Everything is back on the table, including whether Labour will campaign on a capital gains or wealth tax in 2026. As for the coalition talks, there will be no deal before Sunday, but time is ticking, a fact high on the minds of those New Zealanders have chosen to form the next government. That's Focus on Politics. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jane Patterson. Ma tuwa.